We welcome you this morning to Bible study as we continue our study of 1 Corinthians. And we welcome our KFUO listening audience. Uh, we're going to pick up today at chapter 12, verse 12. Now we read these uh, verses last week. Uh, we'll, we'll simply read them again to refresh our, our knowledge. Um, actually, we're going to get, begin at verse 4. I don't think we're going to get to verse 12. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another word the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he will. Now, let's look at that last verse that he apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, as we said last week, there are several lists of spiritual gifts within the New Testament. They are not exactly alike. They are not meant to be exhaustive lists. They are simply descriptive. They don't seek to list every gift. But this last verse, what it's telling us is, all of these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. It is the Holy Spirit who sees to it that people have certain spiritual gifts. This verse means that he does not promise all these gifts to every person. He is going to give them to people as the church needs them for the welfare of the church. As the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, that Jesus Christ died, rose again, and through him alone, through faith, we have eternal life. The Holy Spirit then works to see to it that the church has what it needs 
to continue to proclaim and strengthen people in the gospel. And he will give the spiritual gifts as he sees fit. But again, you can't decide you're going to have one of these gifts. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you these gifts. So we come to the problem in Corinth. And the problem in Corinth is this. It's the last gift listed. Speaking in tongues. And that was the problem in Corinth that those that claimed they could do that thought they were better than those that could not. And they exalted themselves because they had that gift. Now, let's talk a little bit about what speaking in tongues may be. If you do a word study of the Greek words used in the uh, uh, Pentecost account in Acts 2, those words were definitely meant to indicate that the apostles were given the ability to speak in different languages. And many of the languages are listed there because people from all over the known world were there. If you then go to 1 Corinthians, the same Greek words are used to describe what was happening in Corinth. You should be aware that for the first centuries in the church, the universal teaching was that the gift of speaking in tongues was the gift of speaking other languages. Not through study, but by the gift of the Holy Spirit, so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could be proclaimed. It was the gift of speaking other languages. So, we go back to Pentecost. Pentecost is the reversal of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel used... God used languages to divide the people. So they scattered and separated. Pentecost was the reverse of that because now the gospel was proclaimed in all their languages so all could be united in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So suddenly, God used the gift of languages to unite and not to divide. Pentecost reversed Babel. 
Now, the gospel is proclaimed in different languages to all peoples. When we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 14, then that's where Paul says you shouldn't use this gift unless there's an interpreter present. And the interpreter tells what the person is saying. But that could easily go along with they're speaking another language. So this was the belief of the church for centuries. Probably in the last two, there's definitely been a change. The change has come in that some have said this gift is not the gift of language, but is, is a gift of God to particular individuals, and it is a, quote, prayer language, unquote, between that person and God. It is not given to be a language of proclamation, but it is personal. This is a novel idea in the history of the church because the history they always interpreted as languages. Now, this gift has always caused problems in the church. There are some denominations, Pentecostal denominations, that do teach if you cannot speak in tongues, you are not saved. You are not saved. This immediately creates divisions in the church between the haves and the have-nots. And so uh, it's divisive. The Holy Spirit doesn't ever give gifts to divide. It's to unite the body of Christ. Okay? to unite the body of Christ. So this has created problems. Now the total history, uh, we want to think about the history in our own Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. In the 1970s, there arose what was called the charismatic movement. You may remember that. And it was a group that said that they had this gift. And it 
lasted about 25 years, and it's pretty much gone. So our own church body has been through this. But now, uh, it's pretty much gone. So what do we believe is happening today? We certainly believe that the Holy Spirit may have given gifts during that time period where it was the foundational period of the church that he may not give now. So what do we say? Well, don't ever say the Holy Spirit can't do that. That's really a big no-no. The Holy Spirit can do what he wants. Or the Holy Spirit doesn't do it. You don't know that. The Holy Spirit can do as he pleases for the welfare of his church. And so what is happening here? Are the people today who say they have this private prayer language actually do they actually have the gift of speaking in tongues that is listed in the scriptures? Is it the same thing? We can't say. Okay? We can't say. That is beyond our knowledge. What we can say for sure is, that the gift should never divide, but should unify. And it certainly is not a gift that is a requirement for salvation. You are saved by faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a gift added to those who have faith. But what manifestation that is today is beyond us. But we will not go so far as to say the Holy Spirit can't do this. We are not going to say that. So there's a whole lot we do not understand. We do not understand. Between what was going on at this time and maybe some of the things that are going on today. And we'll get to Paul's description of what should and shouldn't be done when we get to chapter 14. But I wanted to speak to this issue today because it is in the list. And I've heard, you know, I'm sure you've heard many things and you've heard people talk about this. Maybe you know some people that claim they have this gift, 
But the fact is, those are the basics. Those are the basics. Those are the principles we need to follow. And after that, we will leave that to the Holy Spirit. Now, I hate to ask this, but are there any questions? Yes. That they, do not, they do not call it a language. They call it a prayer language. And they don't know if it's a language spoken on this earth or not. But many times they will say they don't understand it. Okay? Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, the question is, uh, there are missionaries who are very good in working in multiple languages, uh, going back and forth and dealing with this. Is that the gift of speaking in tongues? I can't say. But it sure would go along the lines with the historic view of the church of what this is of what this is. But whether uh, some would probably insist they learned it. This may be a gift that is given to you and it's not a result of learning. You can see. But you can also see how someone is very gifted that can speak four or five languages. How this might be a special gift of the Holy Spirit to be able to proclaim the gospel. To proclaim the gospel. Other things? Good, let's move on. Quickly. Quickly. All right, now we're going to go on to where... You know, the problem is people exalting gifts and saying because they have gifts, they're better than others. And it makes certain people feel inferior and certain people feel superior. And so... Paul uses an illustration. And we look at verse, beginning of verse 12. For just as the body is one, has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. All right. So he's going to use the analogy of Christ's body, which is the church. And the analogy is going to be this, that anybody has members, 
he's talking about Christ, but that is the church, the body of Christ here. Within the church, there are many members. Okay? But they are the church because they have been united by one baptism. We have all been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jew, Greek, slave, free, male, female. That's what Galatians says. He has quite a list in Galatians. We are one. We are one body, but many members. All the members... And what he's getting at is this, all the members don't have the same functions or gifts. They don't have the same functions or gifts. If everybody in here, if all of us only had one spiritual gift, the church couldn't function. Okay? It takes a variety of gifts. As I say, the list here is not exhaustive. Okay? When it says we're made to drink of one spirit, that is, in baptism, the spirit dwells within us. Okay? It's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? All Christians baptized have that, and that's what unites us as one. But now he talks about the members. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now the first section he gives here is going to be a discussion of those that feel inferior to others. Inferior to others. And so he begins. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So he's using an analogy here that the hand is absolutely essential, but the foot sees itself as inferior to the hand. But then he asked, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? In other words, if everybody has was the same part, had the same spiritual gift, where would the other things be? Where would they be? You're talking about a, a body that is useless. But then it says, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, 
yet one body. So within the church, there is no one that should say, because they can do this, and I can only do this, I'm inferior to them. This tells us that God is saying, everybody has an important part in the function of the body. Everybody. Do not look at some as if they're superior and some inferior. Okay? The next section goes in reverse. Those that think they are superior. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. So the eye is essential. You look at the hand is not as essential. So you're looking down on them. I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Okay? This is a reminder. If a pastor has the gift of preaching, if the pastor doesn't have members that can do all kinds of things, he's in a world of hurt. It takes everybody, and it doesn't matter how or what gift they have or how it is judged in a line of gifts, even the most what we would say in the world, menial gifts are essential for the function of the church. What would you do if you came to this church on Sunday morning and nobody had put the bulletins together? There was just 15 pages of different sheets stacked in the back and you had to figure it out. We would not say that putting bulletins together is the greatest spiritual gift. But without it, it's a mess. Okay? Without it, it's a mess. So we don't judge those things. Every gift, every body is important. Verse 23, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Okay? So we exalt gifts that may not seem the most important, but are absolutely necessary. 
And of course, there are parts of, parts of the body that are less, less uh, honorable or unpresentable, but they're still treated with greater modesty. Okay? This is simply saying, don't exalt yourself over other people. Don't exalt yourself over other people. Which are more presentable parts you do not require. Should have read that with it. But God has so composed the body, giving great honor to the part that lack it. That there, and this is important, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. Now this is what he's really getting at. These spiritual gifts are never to divide. They are to unite. They are to unite. When any spiritual gift divides, it's not being used properly. It's not being used properly. It's pure and simple. When someone exalts what they can do over another, or when somebody who does small things thinks they're not really assisting in the church, they're all wrong. Everyone is essential, is essential. And God sees to it that you have it. And I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. I'm sure some of you have forgotten or some of you don't, uh, have never heard it. This is easier to see in a small church than a large church. I mean, there's 2,000 people running around here. When I was the pastor of St. Luke Lutheran Church in Starkville, Mississippi, I had a sum total of 80 members. Okay. Believe me, everybody was essential. We had one man who could play the organ. He played every week. If he was gone on vacation, we had to sing a cappella, which was ugly. Okay? It was truly a joyful noise to the Lord. Well, you can imagine, one day he walked in to my office in the middle of the week and said, Pastor, I hate to tell you this, but because of my work, I've been transferred. I'm leaving Starkville. Well, that would just give a pastor nightmares, okay? So the next Sunday, I announced that he would be leaving. And there was an audible groan in the congregation. And I said, if anybody here can play the piano or organ, please let me know this week. 
So I shook all the hands, and I noticed that there was one woman standing back. And so I left and went back to my office, and I said, Gene, what can I do for you? He said, well, I want you to know, Pastor, I can play the piano and the organ. And I said, why haven't you told us? He said, because I wasn't needed. So she began planning the church for church service. Who put that woman there? God, the Holy Spirit, gave her the gifts that the church needed at the proper time. So he is working. Don't ever say, there's nothing I can do that the church needs. God, the Holy Spirit, has put you in this congregation for a reason. Okay? Always remember that. Therefore, since everybody is so valuable, we are not to make some ranking order. We're simply to care for one another because every person in the body is important. Is important. Therefore, our task is to care for one another. And that's shown in this 26th verse. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. If you've got a toothache, does it affect the whole body? Yes. If somebody in the body of Christ here is hurting, then we all hurt with them. And if somebody has a time of rejoicing, then we rejoice with them. So every member of the body is important. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And then he reviews the list again. But the list is different. Every list is different. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. None of those were listed in the list above. Then miracles, that's doing miracles. Then gifts of healing. Helping, that wasn't in the gift above. Administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? 
but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Okay? So, everybody's important. Every member of the body contributes to the whole body of Christ in the church. Therefore, we are to care and take care of one another. One person can't do it all. We are interdependently united with one another so that this church will do the ultimate work of God in a variety of areas, proclaiming, serving, all of it as members of the body of Christ. All right. Let me stop. We have got to end early today or we're going to be swallowed alive by first through fourth graders and their parents. So we're going to end a little earlier. Tanner is already carrying chairs. Um, they expect about 500. So we're, we're going to get out of here a little early. Uh, we have some uh, people joining us for Bible class today that... They're here for Bible class, and we're thankful, but they're really here to save seats. So uh, we'll forgive you. We'll forgive you, but we'd like to see you again next week. Okay, questions, comments? None? Yes? I don't know of any, but I do know people that have uh, told me outside this congregation that they do. But they are very careful to say they use it only privately, and they never make a big deal out of it. But there are people that do say that they can. Other thoughts? Yes? That is absolutely correct. We do not meet next year, uh, next week, because it's Christmas Day, and we don't meet the next week because it's New Year's Day, and there are services in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. We will resume then on January the 8th, and we will continue then with 1 Corinthians 13. Okay? Anything else? Well, we've got good folks already gathering in the back, anxiously longing for seats. So, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Have a great Christmas. Bye-bye.